Kifa. Okay, welcome to Move Left Idiots, a progressive talk podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Montarulo, joined by my co-host, as always, LaDonna Loki. LaDonna, how's it going? Not too bad. How are you? Good, good. Uh, yeah, uh, this is this is attempt number two. <laughs> Long time, no talk. <laughs> <laughs> we were talking for like 20 minutes and I realized I hadn't started recording, so that's awesome. Uh, <laughs> I have my Anthony Voodoo doll here right now. Oh, stabby, stabby. Yeah. <laughs> So, um, let's just get right into it because, you know, we already know what we're going to talk about. Um, the, uh, I, I can't believe how fucking spineless the Democrats are. Like, I, I, I can believe it, but I, it's kind of amazing to me. Uh, what happened? Whatever happened? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. We should just breeze past this topic and go on to the next story. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. We got to talk about it. We got to talk about it for we the do. listeners. Um, so as I'm sure you guys know, uh, Chuck Schumer is a spineless weasel, um, just, just you know, to put it mildly. <laughs> um, so the Democrats, you know, they, they shut the government down uh, at, using it as a bargaining chip. Uh, well, you know, I, they would argue that Trump shut it, whatever. The... They didn't. They wouldn't approve uh, the Republican budget because it didn't include protections for Dreamers, which was like the one thing they asked for. Uh, and as everyone knows, when you start a negotiation asking for one thing, you're totally going to get that one thing. And <laughs> it's not like you need to ask for five things so you can get two things or anything like that. Um, it's great negotiating. And we argued back and forth on this last week on the, you know, I guess wisdom of it. Had they given up their their only bargaining chip and so on, um, you know, and. I guess came to some agreement at the end of it that that maybe they either weren't serious about it or it wasn't going to happen anyway. And well, we we yeah we so basically we we I think we both ultimately agreed that they were gonna they were gonna botch this and yeah. we figured like oh yeah they kicked the can down the road for three weeks and then they would botch it at the end of the three weeks. Right. But I was wrong, uh, and <laughs> we were both wrong. Turns out it only yeah. took them two days to to blow this. <laughs> um. I, I, I just can't believe like how pathetic they are uh, like uh, about <laughs> just, just basic. I mean, this is, uh, you know, I was saying on the, on the lost podcast from 10 minutes ago, <laughs> this isn't how politics works. This is not how politics has ever fucking worked. Like you don't go into a negotiation asking for one thing that it, 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 it's patently absurd for you to go into a negotiation asking for one thing against uh, a majority uh congress you know against the majority of congress you ask for fucking six things and then you whittle them down and you give them uh you know uh, oh we'll, we'll we'll uh give you more funding for border protection not for a fucking wall which chuck schumer was ready to bend over backwards and fund because right. you know that's that's a great fucking strategy um <laughs> but no you you what you say to them is look we'll give you we want uh, things that are popular. I think the Justice Democrats called it like the sixty percent rule. Things that are popular with over sixty percent of the country. We want 
uh, net neutrality protected. We want dreamers protected. No cuts to Social Security and Medicare, Medicaid, um, and chip funding. Uh, like that's a that's fucking no brainer bipartisan. I mean, Chip was created by fucking Orrin Hatch and Ted Kennedy back in the day. It's a bi- it's literally a bipartisan uh, program that gives health care to children. Like this is such a no brainer that it's unbelievable. Right. Um, so you, you start with those things, and then maybe they whittle you down on net neutrality because I I don't expect you know the Republicans to help you kill that. Yeah. Uh, but if they whittle you down on two of those things, you still have two fucking things. You still get Chip and protection for the Dreamers, like. When you start asking for one goddamn thing, there's nowhere to go but down. What do you think? The Republicans are going to be fucking magnanimous and be like, oh, yeah, well, you know, I appreciate your bipartisanship. So I'm going to give you everything you want uh, just because I like you so much and I want to work with you. No, they're fucking ruthless. They, they That's not how anyone negotiates. So either the Democrats had no hands to begin with because someone has some information on someone. There's some you know reason why they wouldn't go to the table with that. They're so weakened and so anemic already. Um, so it, that's the only thing I can think of. I mean, strategically, could they really be that stupid to, to walk into a negotiation and, and only have one thing? Or, or maybe the thought was, well, if we just tell them this one thing, you know, this is our sticking point. It'll make it really clear, you know, that this is what we're standing up for. But if you're going to do that, you better fucking stand up for it, not walk away from it, you know, the second that you get scared. Yeah. And, you know, Schumer was went on Maddow's show and even she was like, couldn't believe how fucking weak the Democrats are. She was like, <laughs> well, what did you get out of this? And he's like, oh, well. You know, uh, look, there's a, we can't wave a magic wand. Uh, we're not asking you to major, wave a fucking magic wand. We're asking you to use the leverage you have to do politics the way you fucking do <laughs> politics. That's how politics work. Like, you fucking use your leverage and you fight. Like, well, that you, I tells don't care you if that you have he has no person. leverage. He has no leverage. But they did have leverage. He fucking, like, he, look, the Republicans killed the fucking public option in Obamacare when the Democrats had a super majority in Congress, they still couldn't put through a public option, let alone single payer. So don't, I'm not saying you, but in general, don't God. fucking tell me you don't, you can't fight on this. Don't say you can't wave a magic wand, Chuck Schumer. And then he said, Oh, well, you know, if, if we get the majority in the house and the Senate, we'll protect the dreamers. Fuck you. You know what? <laughs> How many times are you going to, are you going to exploit and use black and Brown people for their votes? And then when it comes time to actually fight for policies that they need to survive, you're just going to fuck them again. Like that there a lot. I've seen a lot of people, a lot of activists for Hispanic activists saying like, screw this party like this. They, they, they are just liars. They don't care about us. They use us for votes. And but then what they alternative don't fight do they us. have? That's the challenge. What do you go to? You go vote Republican. I but mean, I guess what? if that's, you did, but that's no, not but, a winning that's strategy not either. Anymore. They're people not exactly are so fed up with that fucking argument. Yeah. No, but like I, I think people know. are people are so fed up with that argument. They're they're just uh, like you know, people are just. There's going to be a mass exodus, and it's just going to be a pitifully low turnout, which only helps the Republicans. And they're going to blame everyone on the fucking world, on the fucking planet if their corporately selected candidate doesn't win. But you know what? It's going to be on them because they never fucking fight for anybody. Back in the seventies. With Richard fucking Nixon, right-wing lunatic Richard Nixon as president, 
the Democrats managed to get him to create the fucking EPA, among other things. And there was some other uh, really important environmental uh, group that he created. But he, Nixon created the EPA because Ralph Nader would not stop fucking pestering him and the, and the, you know, in the uh, Republicans in the House and the Senate. Uh, because the Democrats actually used to have a spine. And <laughs> it, it's just like... You but we didn't. no longer have two parties. Let's be clear. We no longer we have a corporatocracy. We have you know parties that are you know appear that that speak to different issues. But when it comes time to vote, they they make sure that they're just close enough so it looks like they differ, but far enough away so that no real change happens. Yeah, uh, Ro Khanna actually had a good quote about this. Uh, Hill interviewed him. Uh, he said, uh, it's as if the marches yesterday didn't happen. I mean, thousands and thousands of people marching for a vision of progressive politics, and within 24 hours, they're sold out, referring to the uh, women's marches, which had happened the day before. And, you know, that's great. Like, he, he's he's a super strong voice. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm surprised they let him get away with it. I, I doubt they will for long. I'm sure they'll <laughs> try to primary and get rid of him, but... Um, there's the expression, I, I wish... uh, resistance is futile. The resistance is futile, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I, I was mentioned to you. I, I saw somebody on Twitter had uh, put out had the hashtag, the assistance, instead of the resistance. I think that's pretty accurate, unfortunately. Super accurate um, and pretty sad. But I, I just don't know what it's going to... I mean, I... <laughs> they're just pathetic. They're pathetic. Chuck Schumer is fucking pathetic. Like... I, I'm embarrassed that he's my senator. Like it's it's fucking embarrassing. <laughs> what are you um, gonna do about it? You gonna run? No, I, <laughs> I'm not gonna run. I'll support anyone that primaries him for sure. <laughs> I'll I'll fucking volunteer for free. I don't care. Um, but no, no, I won't. Please pay me. But I just you know I, nothing's gonna change. Uh, until we get these fucking corporatists out, and I, it, they have a stranglehold in the party right now. I mean, you, I'm sure you read that Politico article about the DCCC, you know, working with the Blue Dogs to fuck over all these progressive uh, primary challengers. Which was no surprise because we're living it, we're breathing it in these races that we are involved in. It's you know, you start to feel like it's some sort of a conspiracy, and, and you start to feel paranoid, like. You know, the mainstream media doesn't cover candidates and so on. And then eventually it comes out that that actually, yes, it is. It's an actual conspiracy to keep uh, non-establishment candidates out. And, you know, the media is complicit and and all of it. They are definitely trying to keep um, non-corporate, specifically non-corporate candidates, those that aren't taking corporate money um, out of office. Well, yeah, I mean, and, and it's it's. We knew it was bad. It's worse than I even thought it was. Like this, it's dreadfully bad. Like the stuff that was coming out of this political article, which is a great article, I think, written by uh, Ryan Grimm and Lee Fong, I believe. And it's um, so out in the open. I mean, you know, I think so a lot blatant. of people have been shocked at at just how they've actually picked favorites in all of these races. We we haven't been shocked, but yeah, I mean, it's it's very clear. They've supported like pro-life Democrats over pro-choice progressive women. Like they've supported pro-life male Democrats. Like uh, there was a couple, there's some really baffling things I saw. Like one of them was like a DCCC contract that you had to sign. And in order to get funding from the DCCC, which is supposed to give funding to congressional Democrats, you know, 
without uh, prejudice. Right. Uh, if you sign this co- this contract to get money from them, you agree to give seventy five percent of your fucking campaign uh, financing to ad based consultants, and it has to be from a list of consultants that they've worked with before. So basically, you have to agree to give seventy five percent of the money you raise to their fucking buddies who are going to enrich themselves by making you waste money on TV ads, which are fucking ineffective and in if 2018 that anyway. alone, that memo alone didn't tell people that this was a fucking scam. I don't know what will. I really it's like don't. a Ponzi scheme. Like yeah. <laughs> what, it really is. It's like, okay, well we'll give you the money that we're supposed to give you since we're the democratic congressional uh, campaign caucus, but only if you give three fourths of it back <laughs> to our buddies who are fucking, you know, enriching themselves while we fucking, let the country fall, you know, deeper and deeper into <laughs> fascism. Like uh, it's it's unfucking believable. I mean, we we saw Nomi Konst when she was uh, at the DNC, the Unity Reform Commission meeting, like screaming at these people, like you fucking assholes blew eight hundred million dollars on five consultants. Mm-hmm. What do you have to show for it? Nothing. Nothing. Yeah, it's and, fucking unbelievable. And I feel terrible for her and for anyone as a part of that commission because what the fuck have we gotten? A few less super delegates? Gee, thanks. Which is not even finalized yet. Yeah, <laughs> right. That's the even... other part of it. <laughs> they they actually kicked the can down the road. They had a meeting and the and the the bylaw rules and bylaws committee didn't want to vote on it, so they didn't even vote on it. <laughs> Which they stacked with all you know people yeah, that are not going to support it. Yeah. So. Uh... Oh God, I. And we'll, we'll get to fucking Hillary later. Don't you worry. We'll, we'll, we'll get to that motherfucker. Um, I try not to use any kind of gendered. Uh, yeah, no, I was like, we'll get to her later. Um, it doesn't even matter if you give a gender-based uh, insult or whatever the insult is, because regardless, if you criticize her at all, you're a misogynist. So. Well, that's, that's also true, yeah. And Russians. Well, because we know what, it, we, we'll talk about it later, but we know what a, what a feminist icon and what a hero to women she is. Uh <laughs> We got some more confirmation of that today. Yeah, uh, we did. Yeah. A little sneak preview for later on in the podcast. But, um, <laughs> yeah, so, you know, th- things are really looking bleak, but there's, there's, there's a brief shimmer of light in the darkness, you know, kind of like the... Like 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 the faintest glow of, like, a bat signal off in the... <laughs> the you know, in the night. Uh, Bernie Sanders... Uh, convened a meeting of his top uh, aides to discuss a potential 2020 run. Woohoo! Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm super fucking excited. Um, <laughs> Which, I mean, it's sort of funny because it's like, you know these meetings have been happening for a while. You know plans have been, you know, made for a while. And so all this really is is just public confirmation for a lot of us of what we already knew was happening. Yeah, but it, it felt good to see that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, um, you know, when you look at the way that he's building an infrastructure, media structure, you know, Sanders Institute, all of the Gower Revolution, all these things outside of the party, um, it, you know, and then you hear that, it, it definitely makes you go, okay, well, you know, there's there's hope here. We'll yeah. see. He's, um, so Levi Sanders, his son, uh, tweeted out the other day, Bernard is seriously contemplating a run in 2020, and I don't mean a jog, <laughs> um, which is great. And taking his vitamins, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and they tweeted that out. He's taking his, taking long walks and taking his vitamins. I, I find it super adorable how his entire family calls him Bernard. Uh, still. <laughs> <laughs> which is funny, because that's also what the centrists call him derisively, but it, 
it's it's awesome when his family does it. When I see some, you know, fucking some member of Donut Twitter doing it, I'm like, go fuck yourselves. But yeah, um, yeah. I mean, look, he's the only one in the fucking Senate with with even a remote semblance of a spine right now. Uh, he's the only one I think who uh, has a look. Almost anybody could beat Trump, probably. Um, I don't want to fucking risk it again. Do you? <laughs> you know? Well, I mean, they're counting on that. That's why they're giving us the candidates. They are like circulating John Kerry again. Like, oh my God. are they fucking pulling him out of the grave at this point? Jesus Christ. We fucking dig and up when the, I say the... grave, I don't mean, you know, age. I mean, political grave of yeah, people that no, are husbands. <laughs> Let me dig up JFK next. Him probably yeah. fucking weekend to Bernie's him. You know, like, Bring out Carter. Why not? I mean, Jesus. I, I, I'll say to you, like Jimmy Carter of all of them, I would fucking, I, I, yeah. I would be opposed to because he's the only one with a soul. Yeah. The only ex-president with a soul. I mean, you know, Barack Obama, George Bush, all these guys giving mil, you know, half a million dollar speeches to fucking corrupt oligarchs at these banks. Jimmy Carter's out building habitats for humanity. And then having a heart attack and going back to build the house, you know, build right. the habitat. That, <laughs> right. I mean, that that hardcore. Yeah. No, he's he's fucking great. Did you ever? I, I see a lot on Twitter because people like flying planes with him. Whenever he's on a plane, he goes up and down the aisle and shakes everyone's hand with the plane. That's amazing. <laughs> he's such like a he's such an adorable like grandpa, Jimmy Carter. <laughs> but you know why not bring back Michael Dukakis? I mean, you know. <laughs> Why not? Oh God! But yeah, it's just anyone. They'll do and they'll do anything to to avoid having Bernie be the nominee. Well, it's and like trying to circulate any Bernie. possible name. Yeah, I mean, seriously. Like Oprah, fucking, uh, you know. <laughs> Jerry Springer, that'll be next. <laughs> Jerry Springer, John Stewart, I, you know. Actually, Bruce John Springsteen. Stewart. I like John Stewart. I no, I like John Stewart. Too. I, I also like Bruce Springsteen, but I, yeah. but like they'll they'll literally circulate any name, you know. Yeah. Stephen King, like I don't <laughs> anybody, please. This loaf of bread, please don't like Bernie. Well, and that's, make that's, a change. that's the sad thing. I mean, because against Trump, you know, the, the half a or bag of what was it, half an onion, you <laughs> half know, an onion on Twitter. Yeah, I mean, you know, almost anything at this point, you know, most people would take and and. That's what's so frustrating is the Democrats are counting on that. They're counting on that. And so forget reaching ahead for a bold progressive. All we're trying to do is get one hair ahead of Trump. Just just one teeny little bit better and and I think it's all going to be good. And I think we have to just demand better. We have to use our voices and demand better. Every fucking poll that you see online, whether it's Twitter or a news organization or anything else, knock all of these people down. And you know what? And they give you fake polls because... They'll give you polls that don't have somebody like Bernie or Tulsi or Nina in it. They'll only Politico give ran you... a poll that didn't even have fucking Bernie in it. It was like, who are you going to vote for in 2020? And it literally had like 15 <laughs> people in it. Yeah. And it's always, you know, Kamala Harris, you know, all, all the usual suspects. Corey Brand, Cory Booker. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, there, it, it's, again, the illusion of choice of whoever their, their Hall of Fame Democrats are. Well, now the big thing is everyone's trying to push fucking Joe Kennedy. Because, yeah, we yeah. totally need another fucking Kennedy. We need we, That's what we need is another fucking... Like, can we... Are we a monarchy? Can we, can we just, like, chill? Have we watched too much fucking The Crown on Netflix? Like, is that... Like, can we just seriously chill with the 
trying to You're gonna to have to beat me over the dynasties. head. Of, you're gonna have to beat me over the head about the Joe Kennedy thing because he's made some good speeches, right? And so I'm one of those people. I'm like, oh, <laughs> like but, but you, you not, didn't tell me about all the people that are uh, the fucking corrupt people that are funding him because that will, you know. He's he's a neoliberal to the core. Like I I when I heard because I you know I have a soft spot for JFK because right. I think he was probably killed before he could really do some damage in terms of you know neoliberalism yeah. so it's just the 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 imagery of jfk and the kind of promise of jfk is all that you really are left with um but yeah no J joe kennedy is is nobody's progressive i think he's a self-described centrist actually um he i don't think he signed on to the hr 676 uh co-sponsoring mm. like there, there's a I, I looked into him at one point, but yeah, he, um, well, you know, so these, the whole rebuttal to the state of the union address, which you're talking about. So he's been, you know, put forward, he's going to do the rebuttal and, and this is, uh, you know, make it or break it kind of opportunity. And usually it's a break it kind of opportunity. Usually whoever it does, does it, fucks it up, um, and ruins oh. their, their chances. But yeah, um, and we all remember the, the fucking Rubio water. incident. They are not going to let a Kennedy fuck it up. They are going to, this is, this is his moment. And this is, I think the real 2020 strategy, if you ask me. Uh, just from his Wikipedia, looking quick, and this is one of the things I remember seeing. On July 24, 2013, Kennedy was one of seven members of the Congressional Progressive Caucus, which is a joke of a caucus, by the way. It, they're, all the good members are in it, but like half the members of the CPC are like the most middle-of-the-road Democrats. Right. Um, it, there's, there's not much criteria for joining the, the progressive caucus. Um, but he was one of seven members of the caucus who voted against the Amash Conyers amendment to limit section 215 of the Patriot Act, which tried to restrict NSA surveillance programs. In contrast, the majority of both CPC members and the Democratic members of Congress voted for the amendment, while Kennedy stood out as a supporter of the party leadership. Uh, his vote has been criticized as a sign of lack of commitment to civil liberties. And he has almost every one of his votes on uh, privacy is, is terrible. So, like, to me, that's an immediate disqualifier, but there's some other economic stuff. Yeah. But that's all But that's all to say, like, of course, he's their fucking dream because he's a Kennedy and he's young and he's good looking. And they're going to be like, oh, my God, look, it's the next JFK, you know, JPK or whatever. <laughs> Right. <laughs> and like, oh, he's going to be a rising star and we're going to push him for 2020 because he is a good speaker. He's a he Kennedy. Is. Of course, he's a good speaker. Yeah. Um, but he's a fucking empty vessel that they fill with their corporate, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Would I rather have him bullshit. than Biden, though? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, yeah, I guess. Be grandpa. I, mean, I, I mean, I don't know. I you, guess you, know, two you sides don't know. Of the same coin. It's like, yeah. what, it's like one's the old fucking corporatist, one's the young fucking corporatist. Like, yeah, great. Either way, this one we know will be around for two terms. At least if they like Biden, he might croak and actually get a good progressive <laughs> in there in 2024. Um, yeah, it was horrible. You gotta <laughs> wonder what what deals. I mean, because you know the the whole Kennedy curse and you know the idea of a Kennedy taking power. There's still some force out there that doesn't want that to happen. So again, with yeah, him, but they've been neutered. I mean, they've uh, killed off any kind of progressive Kennedy. Yeah, yeah. Uprising. I'm sure RFK was probably the most progressive Kennedy. Like some based deals. on rhetoric, at least. Yeah, and, and they took again, care of him before he even got in. Yeah. And Bernie, I continue to say, I hope you have a food taster because I'm so afraid for him. I don't think there's any way 
any possible way they're going to let him get in. Um, which is why I think, you know, we have to be looking at others like, you know, Nina and Tulsi and whoever. Yeah. But you know what? He's the only one that can overcome their bullshit. They're not going to let them in either. And they could stop them. They can't stop Bernie. If he really, he's got enough of a prominent voice that he can overcome the bullshit that we know they're going to try to pull. And they're already starting to pull. Well, I don't, I don't know that. Oh, yeah, what you're he's been so fucking brilliant in going out and talking to rural America. He's the only one, you know, doing he's that. He's the only one left. Like, I, 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 I love Tulsi and I, lo- I love Nina and I love a lot of these people, but like, they don't have the name recognition. And right now, there's no way the Democratic Party lets them get that name recognition. The only way they're going to get that name recognition is if Bernie runs and takes one of them on as a running mate. Right. And sets the party. That's the fucking. That's the pimp move right there. Is to yeah. run, take on Tulsi or Nina Turner or one of those people, or or Rokana as your running mate, and give them a fucking huge boost in prominence. So even if this party somehow fucks you over, or even if you lose to Trump, which I think is impossible for Bernie, right? Um, you still set up the a young progressive as one of the leaders of the party regardless of what the party wants because you know they don't want those people being the leaders of the party maybe announcing sooner is his life insurance policy i think so i do think so i think that's that's you know the move um but because it would i mean it would look so suspicious corrupt horrible right if if anything happened to him once he was like yeah i'm gonna run It, it you know I don't know what would happen. That might be the thing that causes revolution. I keep wondering what, what it's going to take. <laughs> I don't know. I'd get out there for that. <laughs> JFK, of all people, has that great quote. You know, those who make peaceful revolution impossible make violent revolution inevitable. Yeah. And you guys keep fucking over these candidates who actually want to help people. People are going to get sick of it and fucking revolt. And, you know, the Trump being elected was a little mini revolt. You don't want to see what people actually do when they revolt, because yeah, I don't leave my house, but I get out for that shit. <laughs> yeah, oh, me too. I would too. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so Bernie is the only choice at this point. And the thing with Bernie is that um, the Democrats have already started the process of trying to fuck over progressives. They moved the California primary, which is traditionally the last primary in the string of primaries and it's also the highest vote total the highest delegate count that you can win uh it's always been the last primary so that people in a tough primary race can you know they can campaign all the way up to the california primary and whoever's in you know it's kind of like that you take that and you're you're gonna be the nominee right um they don't want to let any progressives with no name recognition build up grassroots support like bernie did last go around right they made the California primary one of the first primaries they have now. Uh, that's thanks to the California Democratic Party, which the fucking uh, pharmaceutical lobbyists made sure that they installed a former pharmaceutical lobbyist as chair of over an actual progressive woman of color, Kim uh, Ellis. And then, of course, that there's fucking debacle. Yeah. And then, of course, there's, you know, questions about the machines in California with Alex Padilla as secretary of state and corporate owned and diebold machines. Okay. So, it's you know, just, fuckery guys, with the votes. So, it, yeah, potentially that's going to that's going to fuck us up. If you're listening, you have to go out and fucking vote and, and campaign in every local municipal state 
election that you can because they have a thousand ways to Sunday to fuck over progressives. And we saw it in California. The California uh, delegates, the Bernie Kratz went out and won a ton of seats because nobody ever contests those seats uh, for the delegates for the California convention. They're like, oh, great. We won. We're going to get an actual progressive Democrat in there. And that's an important point I want to make, too. We're not the fucking um, insurgents. We're the fucking actual left. Like, we're not the <laughs> ones. We're not the ones, you know, infiltrating their party. They're the ones. The, they're the fucking moderate Republicans who have infiltrated the party of the people and the party of the worker. We're just trying to take the party back. So the Bernie Kratz out in California went out and won a bunch of delegate seats. And they're like, great. Come time for the state convention, we'll get a progressive chair in uh, of the of the party, <laughs> and we'll make sure we get you know some progressive policies passed. But no, turns out they have super delegates at the fucking state level, just like they have at the national level, and they ended up overturning the will of the elected delegates who, who majority voted for Kimberly Ellis. So, right. totally it's like screwed. yeah, it's it's all designed to dampen turnout and dampen enthusiasm. And now that was another point I wanted to make was humor. They just fucking killed all enthusiasm for this big blue wave that they think they're going to get in 2018. I mean, how many times are they going to sell out their fucking active, engaged, um, excited base before the base just says, fuck it. Like, what am I even supporting this party for? Like, I'm not going to go out of my way to go vote in 2018. I got to work. I got to whatever. Yeah. Like, well, they- and I could understand almost if, if there was such strong Republican opposition to it, that they were afraid of a, a backlash going into 2018. But, but like a, a lot of people support this. People want dreamers they to have, have, you know, a path to citizenship and, and all of this. 86% popular. And yeah. the Democrats, when the government shut down 20%, they had a 20% margin. 20% of the people thought the Republicans were to fault more so than the Democrats. Right. Um, and after the fucking Schumer cave, it literally went to 50-50. Like, they did another <laughs> opinion poll the day after. And that's just, again, their fucking incompetence is going to be their undoing. And it's like, we need to get rid of these fucks because they're not equipped to deal with the very real threat of us, you know, turning into a, a far-right country it's I mean, frustrating we're, we're... and i and i i have moments where i understand the apathy because sometimes sure. it feels too big to change when you think about all the different levels that we have to make changes at and all of the components to it whether it is the corporate owned machines whether it is the um you know corporate owned parties all of these things um there's such a conspiracy to keep us keep the people down um, I can understand why people just turn away and go, fuck it. I can't do anything. I'm just going to go watch YouTube videos. Yeah. But don't and do that, that please. <laughs> no, please don't do that. But that's, but that's by design. They want you to, they, you know, they, they, they can cry crocodile tears all day long about Republican voter suppression of which there is a lot of, they do just as much voter suppression. They're just a lot more sly about it. They do things like, you know, close primaries and, you know, you have to register six months in advance in New York. Right. Like New York State, one of the bluest states in the country, arguably the second bluest behind California, 49th in voter turnout, only behind Alabama. Jeez. What? Or I'm sorry, Louisiana, excuse me. We're ahead. We're, <laughs> Alabama's actually ahead of us. What the fuck is that? And you know what? That's purely because... 
of these horribly restrictive voting regulations about, you know, registration and things like that, which are designed to protect horrible, shitty Republican light Democrats. Because our governor is a fucking horrible, is a Republican, you know, claiming to be a Democrat. Andrew right. Cuomo is one of the worst motherfucker, uh, motherfuckers on the planet. And he thinks he's going to run in 2020, which is hilarious because <laughs> anyone in New York will tell you that's a, a preposterous notion. Because you get him in front of a crowd for two seconds and you look over his record. They're going to pelt him with tomatoes. I don't but, know. I mean, is there a way to do like a ballot initiative or something to force them to allow voting, I don't know, online or I think I think Cuomo is the one that needs to, I mean, the problem is that the, I don't know who approves ballot initiatives. I would imagine the state Senate and the state Senate, even though it should be controlled by Democrats, is basically controlled by Republicans because of a bunch of sellout fucking Democrats called the IDC <laughs> who caucus with the Republicans. I'm going to go lay down. This. this is the second blue state in the fucking country. And and we're and we're con- a Republican controlled state basically because of so corporate Democrats. It really it's is. so frustrating, and I get why people are just like uh, wash their hands of it and say fuck it. Why do I even? Why would I even bother? But it's nothing's just gonna, gonna keep it's just getting gonna worse, get worse yeah. if we don't if we don't fight back. And you know, I've thought I, I joke and and have seriously contemplated like, look, guys, we should just move to fucking Sweden or Norway or <laughs> a country where they actually listen to the people. But like, did you see that post I did the other day? Apparently, no. Iceland will pay men. They're, Iceland women outnumber men like eight to one, and they're having a population Whoa. problem. And they will pay men five thousand dollars and give you a house to go there and marry an Icelandic woman. By okay, the way, guys, a lot we're of shutting the podcast hot. down. We're shutting the podcast <laughs> down. I'm moving to Iceland. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not a dude, but like, I'll take that offer. <laughs> That's I will marry an Icelandic woman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, seriously, I, I, I at times think about like just throwing my hands up, but it's like, fuck, you know what? So many people have done that and I, we can't afford to have anyone else do that because. Well, maybe we go repopulate Iceland and then, you know, then we start overtaking other, <laughs> other maybe, islands maybe. from there. The problem is we spend all the, our money in the U.S. on defense, but I was going to say, maybe we can overpopulate those countries enough that we could actually militarily overthrow the government of the U.S. and install like a democratic socialist government, but I don't know. Then I guess we wouldn't be any better than the imperialist U.S. if we I did guess that. So. I don't know. There's an idea, guys. It's outside the box, but... Um, <laughs> we just lost a lot of listeners. They're all off to Iceland now. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> listen to us on the plane ride there. We have, exactly. we listen to our back catalog. Remember where you got plane. that tip from. Come yeah, back yeah, yeah. here. <laughs> There's more where that came from. <laughs> oh, God. Um, so, you know, on to something a little more fun, or maybe not, potentially. <laughs> um, so the XFL is back in the news. Uh, <laughs> Which when like you said a, that to me the other day, I was like, that's still a thing. <laughs> yeah, like 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 just like 98 Degrees and all the other <laughs> horrible shit that you remember from 2001. Uh, the XFL will not die, apparently. <laughs> um, so the XFL, for people that don't know, uh, was a football league, professional football league, started by WWE chairman and uh, founder... Vince McMahon back in 2001. Didn't Trump have a team or something at one point? No. Uh, yeah. so Trump, we should do a whole episode on Trump's history of trying to buy sports teams. Uh. 
Trump actually tried to buy uh, an NFL team, and the NFL owners fucking hated him. <laughs> this 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 stem. This, he's had a long running, uh, you know, desire to be accepted by the elites, but he's such a fucking scumbag that they've never accepted him uh, as one of their own. So he's always tried to screw them over. Right. So like he tried to buy an NFL team, they wouldn't let him because they didn't like him. So he went out and like bought the USFL, which was a professional league at the time, or okay. he bought like stake in that. And he ran it into the ground because he's a prideful <laughs> idiot. And like the USFL, <laughs> yeah, I know, right? The USFL's entire thing was that they ran in the off season in the NFL, kind of like the XFL. It's, right. it's a great, t- it's a great idea because people want football all year round. No, we don't. <laughs> well, football fans do. <laughs> Thank and, you. And um, the NFL doesn't run for like seven months out of the year, so it's like a no brainer. It's like, hey, if we start a professional football league with kind of guys that can't quite make it in the NFL but are still good enough to play in college and at a high level, we could get some good ratings out of it and yada yada. Right. Um, Trump, because he's, you know, was like butthurt about not being allowed to buy an NFL team, wanted to compete head-to-head with the NFL <laughs> on Sundays, like during the NFL season. So he tried to do that with the USFL and they went fucking bankrupt. <laughs> <laughs> So genius businessman, Donald Trump, once again, there's about a million stories like that. So, uh, but anyway, yeah. So the XFL was not uh, Trump involved. Uh, it was Vince McMahon started it in 2001, uh, at a time when his company, the WWF at the time was as hot as they've ever been. They were pulling in eight point something ratings on a consistent basis, which is uh, tremendous. It's like eight, you know, eight, nine million people watching every week, um, you know, selling out arenas everywhere they went. They were the hottest they've ever been. Um, and that was about the same time he went public as a company. So he was feeling uh, like he could do no wrong. And he's like, hey, well, I want to start a professional football league. The NFL's boring. They don't allow celebrations after touchdowns. It's the no fun league, he would always call <laughs> it, which is, which is pretty funny. Um, so he started the XFL, which he would always, you know, casually refer to as the extra fun league. <laughs> Uh, not that it actually stood for that, didn't actually stand for anything. I don't know. Um, I mean, I just, I vaguely remember their ads as looking more fun. I don't know how else to say it. It just seemed like edgier, I guess is what I would use. It was, it was edgier. It was the most 2000, early 2000s thing you could possibly imagine. They tried to turn it into like the WWF of professional sports and they tried to add like, you know, they would like film in the cheerleaders locker room and they would have players like cut promos into the camera. It was the goofiest shit you've ever heard. <laughs> so, but you know, all that's fine. And given the context of 2001 pop culture, the thing, the stupid things that they did because they uh, didn't consult any actual football people on this, where they would institute like, Oh, well, uh, you know, those players are pansies. So we're not going to let them fair catch. Uh, and, the, and there's no uh, kickoff to start the game. There's a scram. All these really dangerous things that, in in retrospect, knowing what we know about head injuries now, are like horrific. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, so, you know, but but for many reasons, like it just didn't. The football quality wasn't great. It just didn't do well. The ratings tanked after a while, uh, and it folded after a year because it was on NBC. And to be on NBC, you need to draw massive ratings. Um, but I guess Vince thinks, uh there's an appetite for it again because you know the nfl a lot of people are well i mean a lot of people are boycotting the nfl or not watching the nfl their ratings are down yada yada 
<laughs> partly because of the kneeling thing, uh, which is interesting, and partly because of like the, from both sides of the aisle. On yeah, that. that's that's the weird part. Is yeah, <laughs> like a lot of our like friends are like, oh fuck that! I'm not watching that fucking league that they're you know they want they don't respect that no because no team will hire Colin Kaepernick and they're clearly blackballing him. Right. Um, and then a bunch of Republicans are like, fuck that! I'm not going to watch because they're not making the players kneel and or they're not making the players stand and yada yada. Yeah maintain erection through the national anthem or anything like that yeah and um so i guess he's starting it up in in, in lieu of that because the nfl is like kind of uh, has a bit of a stained reputation right now mm-hmm. so the reason i even bring it up on the podcast though is because vince was doing a press conference on it and he was taking like reporters questions and it kept coming back to things like kaepernick and the kneeling and he basically intimated that the league would have a code of conduct, so he wouldn't allow any criminals to play in the league, was one of the things he said, um, which is a little, you know. <laughs> I'm sure there's some coded language, but he's like, no, no criminals, no one even with a DUI you know, conviction. Wow. Um, which is funny, because one of uh, the tag team champions on SmackDown just got a DUI last week, <laughs> but whatever, you know. <laughs> different different, different rules for different things. Yeah. Um, and he's like, we want players who are, are uh, the caliber of their characters just as good off the field as on as their play on the field. And he basically implied that he, there would be uh, a code of conduct which would require players to stand for the anthem. Um, <laughs> yeah. So it's really disappointing because I, I like, you know, I, I, I've said on this podcast, I'm a wrestling fan. You know, I, I, I know Vince McMahon's a right-wing <laughs> douchebag, but I... I, I like him like I, I not not his politics but i like him as you know i like what he's built and i like his contributions to entertainment right that being said it's so disappointing to me because like i'm a football fan and i want to see a viable alternative to the nfl because it's like there it, there is a desire to see football in the offseason but i don't know that i can support an organization who before they even start are starting from a premise of we're going to force these players to fucking stand during the anthem because because of some misguided right wing bullshit. There has about... to have been some focus groups or some shit done, you know, some research done that tells them, you know, it's the same, yeah. you know, Trump target market, you know, I, I want to say like white trash, you know, pickup truck Confederate flag, you know, well, people. The that... NFL audience is fairly center of the road in terms of. I actually found this interesting. Uh, chart the current like... NFL uh, audiences, yeah. yeah. But is there potential for others to be more drawn to it if it's more... Or just the people that left because of that, you know, that. Exactly. So that, I mean, it's an interesting... I Look, I think people are going to watch it anyway out of, like, morbid curiosity. I don't know. Um, I mean, like, I come from a family of football fans. You would never know that from talking to me. But, like, my dad <laughs> played football. My brothers played football. My brother's a football coach. Football was on constantly. It's probably why I hate it. But um, <laughs> I can't imagine hardcore real true football fans walking away from it because of the the kneeling no, thing I back agree. and forth. I agree. So this was lightweight fans I think anyway. Um so I don't know how big People this audience it. for them really could be but and I'm sure they've done some research. Well, he 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 kept stress he didn't commit to that and he kept stressing like look we're going to listen to fans input we want you to tell us like the things you want to say so I hope that people are going to tell them, like, don't do that. Or at the very least, uh, just don't have players come out during the anthem. Like, right. that's been what people have been saying to the NFL for fucking months, but... Yeah, it's what it used to be, right? 
it's what it used to be, but they get that fucking sweet defense co- money from the Department of Defense. So since 2009, they've forced players to come out and stand on the field and the anthem. Like, that didn't even happen before 2009. People Follow it, the money. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's because it's a fucking, it's, it's, it's like a USO show. It's, it's propaganda to get you to join the army and go get blown up in some fucking Middle Eastern country that we don't even know why we're there. Like, that's the whole point of it. So that's why the NFL can't do it. But since the XFL, in theory, isn't getting money yet from the Department of Defense, they should just say, like, fuck, we'll just do what the NFL did for the entirety of their existence and just have the players come on the field after the anthem. (laughs) And they can kneel or sit or do fucking squats or whatever they want in the tunnel beforehand. But, like, let's just not have them stand out, out on the sidelines for the anthem because it's a, you know, it's it's just a fucking d- display anyway. It doesn't mean anything in, right. ter- in terms of them. So, I don't know. That was disappointing, but we'll see what happens. I, I, I think Why that'll do I be feel like I have a story. memory? I might be conflating things, but I feel like I have a memory. You know how in uh, Smells Like Teen Spirit, it was like the anarchy cheerleaders? I feel like yeah, the yeah. cheerleaders in the XFL were, were a little bit more like that. So, I'll be curious to see. Uh, the cheerleaders in the xfl had a lot less clothing on than yeah. the cheerleaders in the nirvana video so i'm not really sure <laughs> if you're conflating <laughs> those two but i don't know well it'll be um, interesting to to see what they do with that the xfl yeah the first go around was a mess i'm hoping they do better this yeah. the, the interesting thing and it's not for you but for sports fans at least is that there are a lot of quarterbacks out there uh and, and players in general but quarterbacks like that are fairly young uh, with big names that aren't in the NFL right now, like people like Tim Tebow, who's like not even thirty yet, but like he just flamed out in the NFL. Right. Um, Colin Kaepernick, uh, you know, for one, uh, is somebody that certainly could be like the MVP of the XFL if they would actually take him on a team. But I know he's such a strong activist; he wouldn't join a league that said like you're not going to kneel. Right. Yeah. Um. So that would be an interesting thing to see what happens with that. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I mean, it's an interesting, it's, a, I, I'm interested to see what happens with that, but, uh, I guess we should get into the, uh, weekly sex assault <laughs> roundup because this one's going to be a doozy this week. Oh boy. Grab him by the pussy. Grab him by the pussy. Grab him by the pussy. So, um, yeah. <laughs> David Copperfield. Yeah, well, <laughs> that's, yeah, that we're burying the lead. But yeah, let's, let's, <laughs> let's get that one out of the way first. Uh, yeah, so David Copperfield apparently uh, accused of uh, sexual misconduct this week. Uh, did you, I didn't read too far into like the details of it, but what, what was essentially going on with him? Well, there's more than one. I was actually just looking it up to, to clarify the details. And actually, this is just as of an hour ago, there's a second one that's come out. So the second one is saying he's been accused of sexual assault for a second time. A British beauty queen alleged that he, quote, groped her on stage during a performance in the mid-90s. Hmm. The then student claims the star 61 had groped her backside with his behavior progressing as they performed a trick on stage. Um, her claims come after David found himself being accused of drugging and assaulting a model when she was 17, 30 years ago, oh, but he's vehemently nice. denied it. So, Lovely. so yeah, um, a couple of, uh, really nice, uh, claims against David Copperfield. And you know what? He was, 
with Claudia Schiffer at the time that this one was alleged to have happened, the second one. So hmm. I, I don't even, I mean, I guess regardless of the hotness or desirability or whatever attractiveness of the wife, you know, people that do this. Seems and I'm not to saying not be he a did. factor for the yeah, it, it, not a factor. Like people that do this do this. So um, again, alleged behavior and he's denied it. But um, yeah, just add that one to the list. And and that was actually, you know, the, the joke about uh, George Bush, the, the Copperfield <laughs> joke. And, and then, of course, I guess somebody probably heard it and went, well, you know, now that you mention it, <laughs> yeah, he's one. So, yeah. So, out of the list. Know. Yeah. You know, national treasure, David Copperfield. It's going to be a big <laughs> loss to the, uh, to the magic community, but <laughs> I think they'll, I, think I just they'll saw a survive. picture of him. He definitely looks like he said some serious work done. <laughs> I remember you saying to me when it happened, like Chris Angel. Sure, I believe that, but I don't know David Copperfield. Exactly. <laughs> Which, uh, yeah, like, I mean Chris Angel about? of all creeps. Like, yeah, I, I would expect him to be on that list. Um, Next week's assault roundup. Yeah, yeah. But I guess we should get to the main event um, because Hillary Clinton uh, is in the news. Uh, turns out uh, she uh, shields sexual predators. So. Back in 2008, uh, during her campaign, uh, her faith advisor. <laughs> yeah. We all have one of those. Yeah, of course. Um, Guy who sends her prayers every day to her email. Yeah. I, I have some of the, uh, the, the, the verbiage from it right here. Uh, Burns Strider, which is a super weird fucking name. <laughs> it's a born with. name. What is that? Yeah, really. Seriously. <laughs> A faith advisor to the then uh, Democratic presidential hopeful Hillary Clinton was accused by another campaign aide of unwanted touching and sending inappropriate messages. The aide filed a complaint, but Clinton intervened to keep Strider on the campaign. Um, so just to give some more details on it, I have a uh, breakdown by Walker Bragman. Uh, let's see if I can find that here. <sighs> um he had, a, he had a good tweet storm about this. So feminist candidate Hillary Clinton, in addition to shaming her husband's accusers and her campaign, uh, allegedly ignoring warnings about Weinstein, shielded a top aide against harassment charges, allowing him to get a job working for David Brock, of all fucking people. <laughs> uh, I, I, that's my added <laughs> ending bit. Uh, <laughs> which he later, record, yeah. Which he later lost for harassment. So basically, <laughs> she shuffled... Uh, there were a couple of people in this guy's office, uh, you know, accused him of harassment. So rather than firing him or, you know, saying uh, like, you know, looking into it, investigating it, she moved that the staffer complained onto another uh, campaign office and docked his pay for like a month, but didn't get rid of him or reprimand him or demote him or anything. So, uh, you know, <laughs> I, I, we, we said a whole fucking primary cycle, uh, you know, Bernie Sanders is actually the much more feminist, uh, candidate and people scoff at us, but it's like, well, look at his fucking voting record. He's been, you know, a leader on women's rights issues his whole fucking life way before it was invoked to do so. I mean, Gloria Steinem called him an honorary woman back in the eighties before she fucking sold out to, you know. Well, and the Hillary thing is not a surprise when you look at, you know, her her silence after Harvey Weinstein, you know, or, you know, even just 
weak remarks after that. Um, you know, when you look or her even, treatment of Bill's accusers. Well, that's what I was going to say. Even going back all the way to that and um, the shaming of and degradation of uh, the women that accused her husband. Um, you know, and questioning their sanity. I mean, like just horrible. Like and the way that she shit. just protected him. Yeah, through all of that and sided with him. Uh, you know, this is not someone who's a champion of women. Um, I don't know what else there is to say <laughs> or how um, many examples you need, but yeah. Uh, Bragman also goes on during the primary, Mrs. Clinton had the backing of Emily's list, Nayral, uh, now and Gloria Steinem. Perhaps we're doing a moment of reflection for the, uh, from the crowd of uh, accusers that accuse Sanders, uh, female supporters, like my colleague Katie Hopper of being bad, quote, bad feminists. Uh, apologies are probably in order. Um, especially considering this happened in 2008, how many people knew and kept their mouths shut? And actually in that article, it goes on to say that a lot of people knew about it, but were fearful to bring it up. Um, I, I don't doubt that that was because of just their own careers. Like people just that they, these, the Clinton surround themselves with are fucking climbers who only care about the careers. They don't care about any of the issues they purport to actually give a shit about, which we've fucking known forever, but it's just so amazing to see people still fucking defending them. Like if you look at the comments of that Twitter post, yeah. people being like, Oh, well this is going to really cost her that 08 election. Fuck off. It, she's not above reproach or above fucking criticism because she's not a fucking presidential candidate anymore. Like she's still running the, like there are people that she has, you know, her and her husband have fucking handpicked that are still infiltrating, uh, you know, uh, running every fucking branch of this party. You don't get to pretend like she's a private citizen and we shouldn't fucking focus on her. Yeah, she's, she's deeply involved monster. with Run for Something in Emily's List. I mean, my God, her husband spoke. Her husband, you know, harasser in chief, spoke at, uh, was it the Emily's List uh, thing last year? So, yeah. I, I mean, I don't know. The, the Clintons are a fucking cancer to the Democratic Party. I, I swear to God, every fucking month there's a new story about some bullshit heinous fucking corrupt bullshit that they did and they still control so many aspects of the party and i'm not being like some kind of like oh it's like the you know like the like fucking illuminati no they just all of their fucking dlc uh lackeys are in are in control of the party i mean nancy pelosi chuck schumer all these people are only in power because bill clinton got together with a bunch of moderate Republicans in the nineties and fucking made a concerted effort to move the party away from, uh, the working class voters and towards this kind of, you know, modern suburban middle-class Republican, uh, ideology. And it's, it's just, these people are fucking soulless. And I, I, I just, I, I, I can't, I, ah, God, I, <laughs> You, you talk because I can't <laughs> formulate words right there now. There are no it's words. So... Yeah, there, there are no words to <sighs> to speak to how bad really it is are. and how much they've infiltrated the party and how much people don't realize. And, you know, people criticize the cult of Bernie, but the cult of Hillary is a thing as well. People, um, I can't believe these fucking people purported to be feminists are fucking defending her today and saying things like, oh, why don't you focus? This is a distraction from the. No, not everything that's true about your fucking fucking queen is a distraction maybe she's just a shitty terrible fucking person like did you ever think about that i'm sorry like these people just do not live in reality they just they're constantly with their fucking fingers in their ears and i can't 
I can't take it anymore. I, like, I don't. Misogynist. <laughs> Woman <God>. hater. <laughs> I just, you know, I, I really don't. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know either. I don't know what to do with them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was an inspiring episode, I think. But, um, God. We, we fucking need Bernie to save us. Like, like, <laughs> Oh, that's one more thing. Nobody's... Actually. So you know how they call, uh, you know, people who are inspired by Bernie and that are running Bernie Kratz. They're trying desperately to coin I the saw term this. like Clinton, Clinton Kratz. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't even sound, it doesn't even come out of my mouth properly. Oh God, it's so pathetic. It's so pathetic. <laughs> it's so pathetic. Like who, who the fuck would I proudly identify <laughs> as a Clinton Kratz? Like you just, Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> oh, God. And, and Peter Dow is on his shit again today. He, oh, no. He, what did he do? God forbid. What did he tweet? He tweeted something. So let me see if I'll, I'll read it to you guys if I'm not blocked yet because I tweeted at him, which is a surefire <laughs> way to get surefire way to get blocked. But um, he, tw- he tweeted. Maybe I'm blocked because I can't find it anymore. God damn it. I gotta look it up real quick. Let me see. Oh wait, here it is. Here okay, it is. Yeah. Um fact. Oh no. <laughs> uh, he, he didn't he didn't include a varicode, but he did say fact, <laughs> so it's uh some people in the media have a visceral, near pathological need to attack Hillary Clinton and anyone who supports her. <laughs> it's a sickness. To which I replied, uh Peter, give it up. This is pathetic. She's a married woman, but uh he didn't <laughs> He didn't share enough. So with no Verrett code, does that mean Verrett's dead? Has Derek, I don't know. Has I, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm very surprised at that. No, you know, because he just retweeted a Verrett post uh, <laughs> from two hours ago. Darn it. I was hoping. God. Um, oh, you know, we didn't mention uh, Steve Wynn uh, also <laughs> in, in, the, in the roundup. Mm. Um, Steve Wynn, who was the cha- finance chair for the RNC and the owner of like Wynn Resorts, uh, Wynn Hotel, you know, like the Wynn in Vegas. Yeah. You, you know, the old billionaire oligarch. Um, he got accused by like a lot of women. Uh, I was going to say, <laughs> and, why? Some of these is just like no surprise. I mean, and I don't know, like, I feel like there almost needs to be categories of this or something now. Like there's like pervert category, you know, like the, you know, people that sort of watch women and, you know, like the gropey category and then like the expose yourself category. I feel like we need some sort of a, a mechanism for, for evaluating <laughs> these things. Cause yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know. On the scale of Aziz Ansari to Harvey Weinstein, where, where do they fall? <laughs> or Bill Cosby. Yeah. I mean, you yeah. know, uh, Oh God. Yeah. I forgot about him. Yeah. There's uh there are definitely levels of this and I'm not saying any one of them is right. Um, no, it's, but. but it's tough to, to see Aziz Ansari, you know, conflated with uh, some I don't of even the... know if we talked about that too much, but yeah. I, yeah, I mean, that was really uh, not a good look for the Me Too movement. Uh, it wasn't a good look for him either, but. No, Corey, he looked like, like kind of a shitty dude, but I, I think. desperate con- actually. Con- yeah. Yeah. He looked kind of sad and pathetic, but I think, to, to to the way they framed that as like a sexual misconduct thing was like, uh, like you know, it's just like a bad sexual experience. Like I don't, it's just it was a weird. It's tough know. because I do believe that from an early age, guys are, um, 
they kind of get the impression that that they need to sort of push some guys anyway to, to yeah. keep pushing against girls, you know, that, you know, in teenage years or whatever, you, you sort of push the envelope a little, maybe, you know, you, you try to reach for her boob and she pushes it away and you do it, you know, so there's this, this, um, I don't know, habit, I think like that ingrained in you from pop culture. Almost. Yeah. That, that some people get into that you, you're supposed to just keep pushing it because that's the only way to advance to the next level or, or whatever. Um, it's a, it's a very immature, um, you know, sure. way of approaching sexual experiences and, and certainly, um, you know, as, as all of us, as women get older, as men get older, you have to uh, embrace the fact that 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 narrative changes, um, and yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think also you need to. I think it's important for the Me Too movement not to to take away any kind of power from women in the sense that the whole article was like, well, I I was giving him nonverbal cues that I like. I'm sorry. You need to say no. Like, yeah. like I'm, I'm, I'm trying to be a dick, but like you, you, you have two if legs. He, if he's not holding you down, you get the fuck up and you walk out. Yeah. I understand. Like the, you can say no. Yeah. And he probably would have been like, Oh, okay. you like, uh, you know, like I, I'm sorry, but that's not sexual assault. And me. if somebody like, freezes up in that moment because of a prior rape or sexual experience, that's a different scenario. Yeah. And that, you know, your partner has no way of knowing that you're freezing up. Yeah. Right. So that's like, you need to, she also didn't really say that she did. Like, no, she didn't. Like I was uncomfortable. Yeah. I'm just like... saying that, that a lot of times that's what's said is, well, I, I froze, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, that, which I know, I know does happen. I've, you know, I, I had experiences with, I mean, as a parent, I'm like, you know, educating my kid, you know, get up, use your voice. You know, you, yeah. you have a choice in these things in your future, and, you know, fucking knock him out if you want to consent can <laughs> be know? given or taken but if you don't say you know anything then it's that you, you're not you're not denying like you know you, you do need to deny consent yeah. like if you yeah need to take some responsibility so i like a lot of people were like wrote articles about how that was like damaging to the me too movement and i i, I think it kind of is because it's like you need to not cheapen a very important social movement that's happening right now by conflating bad sexual experiences with actual assault or misconduct or rape or you know yeah these are all it's just different things and, and like and i don't know that he deserved suck. to be outed for being like kind of a desperate sad guy like, you know what i mean yeah like, uh, i mean that was more my conclusion and i i'm guessing probably a lot of other women looked at, at, at it that way too i looked at it like here's just kind of a, a desperate horny dude that you know just wanted yep. things to keep going. Um, I didn't see, you know, force necessarily yeah. in that narrative. Um, maybe persistence. I don't know. I mean, I wasn't there, right? But the description yeah. of it obviously didn't sound to me like a rape. But even from her, you know, perspective, which is skewed in her favor, it didn't seem forcible. So that yeah. that tells me that it, you know, yeah. Yeah. Well, um, <laughs> You know, send your hate mail to at polybent, P-O-L-I-B-E-N-T. That seemed to be like a lot of people. But, and you know, it makes me crazy about this is like, dude's basically lost his career now. I mean, he didn't go to the uh, Golden Globe, any of the award shows that he was, where his show was nominated. Nobody clapped for him in there, which, you know, it's, it's, it's a fucking meaningless thing, but these people are still like treated like lepers now. And well, it's like, when you come out and you write a book about modern romance and you have a show about it and you know, that sure, kind of sure. thing, I mean, it, it definitely, it's going to hurt your credibility. Well, it it, it hurts his brand if, yeah. if, 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 you know, if nothing else, but 
I mean, I, I don't know. I, I just think it's a little hypocritical. Like, I, I just this I, it's this internet mob mentality where it's like there's no black or it's black or white. There's no shades of gray. And if you are even accused by one person, no matter how credible or uh, the degree to which it's you know, I, you're doing it, you lose your entire fucking livelihood. Like, I, I tend I don't to think, think that right. the Hollywood, the inner circle of Hollywood will wind up protecting these people. They'll, they'll, you know, well, protected them for many. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They'll, they'll, you know, give them a, the a timeout way. or something. And then eventually they'll, you know, try them out in some new forum. It'll be, you know, a, a Netflix, you know, whatever, um, a special where he, you know, talks about it and expresses remorse and talks about the weirdness of it. And then, you know, suddenly he moves on. I mean, they're, they're fucking PR people. I mean, they know how yeah. to spin all this shit. And I'm curious to see what happens with Louie. If that happens. With that Louis. one is a bigger one. That one really is um, in my mind. And uh, that was fucking creepy as hell. Like, yeah. Just... I mean, I, I don't know. So it'll be interesting to see how these people try to restore their careers, the things they do. I'm sure there are many men out there who themselves are guilty of some of these things that would still pay 50 bucks to go see Louis CK or, you know, whoever. Well, I mean, the right wingers would fucking pay to go see Bill Cosby. Probably. Yeah. Like, I, I, that's, that's not the issue. It's the issue of how ashamed they are to come out in public, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But I guess we'll see. And it, it does vary, you know, from person to person, but yeah. <sighs> well, <laughs> on that bright another note. inspiring another yeah another inspiring episode but you know what no it, this episode was inspiring as angry as we got and as, <laughs> as horrible as shit looks right now there's there's a glimmer of hope there's there's a light you know shining through a little a, a sliver of light in the darkness um silver haired light <laughs> <laughs> crazy wild comb over and <laughs> <laughs> oh god um yeah Save us, Bernie. <laughs> You're our only hope. Yeah. <laughs> insanity in the control room tonight.